Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're at episode number 131. Today is May 7th. I'm Craig Prowse. Joining me as always, Ranger Monteberry. I might be a shitty Call of Duty fan, possibly, because I play mostly multiplayer, but I want to say, isn't that the Task Force? Now that I just looked down, I was like, isn't it Task Force 131 for, like, Captain Price oh, and stuff? Oh, fuck, you would know more than I ever would. I think it is, so... I was getting stunned. I, I was thinking, I'm like, it was taking me for a moment. Fuck, is it May already? Like, it's already May 7th? Like, the, I was working for you, I'm like, fuck, I thought we were still in April. I was trying to get my, like, terrible Captain Price, like, all right, let's do this. Oh, that was not bad. I like that. Uh, so actually that wasn't, that wasn't too shabby. So guys, if you are watching this YouTube video, make sure you guys hit like, make sure you leave a comment, make sure you subscribe. And if you can share this video with a friend, if you guys are looking to check out our social, um, any of our social plugs, you can check out our link tree link, which will have all of our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. And if you guys are listening to the audio only version of the podcast, find it on all the good platforms, all the good podcast services, but anchor is the home. And if you guys want to check it out there first, it will help you and redirect it. So um, as always, guys, we'd like to drink um, something on the show, and this particular week, like last week, we are doing a just a cocktail. It's called Mixed Drink May. Ooh, Mixed Drink May. And this one wasn't picked by anybody. I actually had um, some Jack Daniels in the house, so we put it together with, uh, I had Dr. Pepper laying around as well, so 80 proof. Um, we don't really have to dive much more into it. Jack Daniels and Dr. Pepper, I mean, how can you go wrong? I think Dr. Pepper is hands down the best soda no matter what version you get. So even if it's sugar-free, Mr. Pib, Dr. Thunder, Big K, Dr. Pepper. Pretty much all the way around, it's golden. Yeah, so even if you get the cheap shit, or even when you, like, if I bought a soda and let it sit out and let it get, like, kind of watery or, like, a little flattish, you could still drink a Dr. Pepper, and it's, like, 75% is good, whereas anything else just goes right out the window. Yeah, it's got that, it's got that, I don't, I can't. It's the 23 flavors. I can't put my, my thumb on what that taste is, because even though it's carbonated like a cola, it's that flavor that just, like, lets Dr. Pepper stand out. Dude, for a while as a kid, I remember, I, I think at one point, if you've gotten into soda and drink any of those things, Dr. Pepper is usually someone's Achilles heel. Like, I remember drinking a shitload of Dr. Pepper back in the day. I had an ex-girlfriend, dude, who was just, always would come home with, like, a 12-pack of that shit. I'm like, one of my friends is like that, too, just always Dr. Pepper. I used to be always Coke, but as I got older, Dr. Pepper. But now I'm a big boy, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take a stance right now, and I think Mr. Pibb is hands down leagues better than Dr. I'll, I'll Pepper. I'll take the Pib. I'll take the Pib. I think it's because it has more cherry, but then if you get cherry Dr. Pepper, it's too much cherry. Is Mr. Pib the only one that's not a doctor out of all the... Because aren't they all like Dr. Shasta, Dr. K? Big K? Big, oh, big it's K. Big K. So if you guys do want to submit a drink for us to do, um, just do it in the comments down below. Send it to lastcallproductions at gmail.com or at me at any of the social medias that I'm on at Craig Prowlis. And if we can find it, we'll drink it and we will shout your name out. So... Uh, before we get into our main topics, guys, we'd like to do What Are You Up To, where we take a quick second to talk about anything we've been playing, anything we've been uh, watching, so or any trips we got planned. So, Andrew, you want to go first or second on that? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, this game just dropped free on the Game Pass the other day, and it was something I was kind of looking forward to because I think aesthetically it actually looked really, really good. It's Trek to Yomi, which um, I, I'm not familiar with like time periods or anything, so generally when I'm referring to Samurai, I always say like Edo time period and that's just from watching like samurai champloo i always say edo all the time so playing the game it's graphically it looks good and the stylistic choice i really like it because i always think of those old black and white samurai movies i actually really like those i compare those to another thing that i kind of like is like westerns those are like an eastern western is generally what i call them you know it's just that old like tough grit you know person going through this world that's terrible but 
I played the first chapter of it. I was trying to get this achievement. I didn't get it because you're supposed to do the whole chapter without hitting a save shrine. But I think it's you're forced to hit that save shrine. I didn't realize it. <laughs> but the second time that I went through it because I was trying to do it again, I was like, okay, maybe I can do it. Maybe I messed up somewhere along the way. The combat is not that great. I'm even playing on easy because I didn't... I. I I had seen people have mixed reviews. I'm like, okay, maybe you're playing on like too hard a mode because when Alien Isolation first came out, even though completely different style of game, a lot of people were playing on easy and it didn't really feel like the Alien was doing too much and it was better to play it on the hard difficulty. So this would be a reverse. It was too hard, too boring. I'm like, okay, maybe you have a boring time on easy. <laughs> And even going through on my second try, I'm like, man, this is kind of like a slog for combat that I'm just running at people. And I figured out that if I like run right and make them follow me and then just run left, I could generally just stab them, kill them really quick and go. So it doesn't feel that great for like a samurai like gameplay game, especially coming off of something like, or not coming off of it. It's been a while like Sekiro where like the, you have the really good parry or even Ghost of Tsushima where you have that good combat. And I didn't expect much from a left to right game to be able to like oh you know i'm flinging off the walls and stuff but i felt like okay if this is my only way to engage combat is to strike at somebody or you know have your parry system <laughs> that that would be kind of nailed down and it's not so I, I i'm definitely gonna beat the game but again i'm doing it on easy i'm not gonna go through and do anything else it just really sucks to see that I, when i was playing i'm like okay the story's cool and everything else about this is cool, but this gameplay is like a six for me, and I'm just like, ah, I feel like this is the slog, and I'm just kind of trying to push through it to get to the good stuff. Ugh. Other than that, as far as watching anything... Wait, so you're going to finish it, or should I not even touch this game? I'm going to finish it, and then I'll let you know if it's even worth doing. Okay, because our friends, that the Brothers Take, uh, they were posting that they were going to be playing it too, and I was kind of waiting for either their review or your review of the game because I was like, because it, it got pretty bad reviews. I got like a four or something like that. So or I figured I don't know if it was IGN or something like that, but I was like, ooh, because it looked cool. I was hyped on it and I was ready to download it, but I was like, I'll let one of them <laughs> tackle it first and then I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a game like I've seen all over the place, and I completely agree. It's definitely style over substance mm. for sure. And then as far as watching anything, I haven't watched anything TV related. I've been like diving deep down into lots of Elden Ring lore videos. I've been getting lost in those. But aside from Elden Ring, I harp about them all the time on the show. I always recommend going to checking out a channel called No Clip. They do all kinds of really cool documentaries. And they did one on Among Us that was, it's like a week old. And it was actually really, really good, especially because I didn't really pay attention to that game until it blew up. So watching this small team of like two to three people make this game. And I didn't realize too, they were like, all right, this game kind of we feel like has hit its peak. And this was in 2020. Right. So before quarantine was like in full effect, we're announcing that we're going to stop supporting this game and then we'll just buckle down and then we'll make Among Us 2 and then we'll go from there. And then they canceled those plans because when quarantine hit right. and streamers started streaming this game and then it fucking really took off to where at one point they had like half a billion people. It was one of the like most, it was one of the games with the most concurrent players yeah. of all time at one time. I think we had even covered that yeah. on the show. I was like, damn, I remember it being from there going forward being a juggernaut that it is versus mm -hmm. I didn't know that they had already called it quits on the game and everything before that. So it's really cool to see how they like designed it and what they came up with to like before they started doing the players of the maps, they just have random squares and circles for like, okay, this will go here and that'll go there. But what's even funnier is the guy when he's talking about it, he's like, you know, what's cool is to see your game become it's a pop culture thing now. Yeah. You know, it's transcended the gaming media. That, it's like that iconic look. 
yeah, the, the iconic look, those sounds in common culture, people say, "Oh, that sus, sus all the time." Yeah. Even everybody knows what that means. So he's saying that, but he's like, "Oh, my uncle will send me knockoff shirts," or I was going to a fair and there's like knockoff versions of those guys oh, on their backpacks it, and yeah. stuff. And he's like, "You know, I, it's not that I never say anything to them, but it's cool to see something small that we made that we are ready to kind of quit on transcend into pop culture." That's actually way better. So I really like this one a lot. Nice. I'll check that out for sure. Nope. Uh, for me, uh, as far as what I've been watching, uh, I just went last night to go see uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, I won't say any spoilers, but if you're watching the YouTube, a trailer, I'm sure, is going to be playing. So if you haven't watched the trailers, um, I would say then maybe even skip this part. But um, it's because I didn't watch the last trailer. I watched. Just, I didn't watch I just the, last watched one the first one and I felt like that's all I needed. And I'll just say this. It is like no other Marvel movie that is out there. And like I'm not even saying that to be like facetious. Like it is there's no other Marvel movie out there like this. It is easily the darkest Marvel movie that they have um, ever like done. And I would say it borders on the line of a horror movie. There's aspects in this movie that have like a jump scare, that have like a scary chase scene. That's really Dude, cool. It, I think you're going to really, really um, dig it. It's got... It's directed by Sam Raimi, who did uh, Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man 2, for a lot of people, is considered to still be one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. Now, this particular movie, if you're, if you're listening to other critics, is kind of getting mixed reviews. I mean, all mainly positive, but just kind of not like a 9s or 10s. But for me, it's up there. Like This is one of the better Marvel movies, just because it's not like anything else. It does a really good job, I think, of... Inter it's a multiverse. You plan on seeing new people in this movie, and the people you meet are are fantastic. So, um, the movie is about two hours and six minutes. I will say that there are two post credit scenes. Just watch, thank you. Just watch the first one. The second one, watch it on YouTube. It's you don't need to wait five minutes for those credits to roll to oh, watch I the hate last thing. Do that. And so yeah, Dante was even like, he's like, I think I'm done waiting for the second one for now on because they're not really. Not really anything worth watching that Lately, you couldn't just see on YouTube. What was the last one? It was it was a trailer for the Multiverse of yeah. Madness. Is what the last one was. And, but I do want to say, watch it. I, I really I don't really go back and watch movies a second time in theater. I usually wait for them to stream. I'm probably pretty comfortable going with someone else to go see this movie again, just because there's so much in this multiverse that when they're jumping through different things to travel, I almost want to rewatch it again now and look for certain things. And be like, oh, you well, might have missed. Yeah, I wonder if I can spot this or spot that. So. Um, it was a great movie. I say if you haven't seen it yet, do it sooner than later because there I'm already seeing a bunch of stuff popping up that are big spoilers. And Especially I literally on YouTube. Yeah, and I literally shut my phone off the day we were going to go just so cuz I was already scrolling through things and it, it, it was already like, "Oh, Doctor Strange." I'm like, "Nope." So, I would say see it sooner than later. I think you're going to go see it soon, right? I think I'm going to go today if not today tomorrow. Okay. I thought that you were going to go see it before me like on Thursday, but you didn't then you, you didn't go oh, or it was sold out or something. I it was sold out for the afternoon and I asked Christina if she wanted to go. I could leave work early and we could go at 4:30, but I forgot that day she was going to do like a a full-blown like pedicure or something like that mm. with her friend and then yesterday they were doing mother's day dinner with her family they were doing that early because they didn't want to be out there with all the rush of people so i was like okay well if you're not doing it then then we could go hopefully today because i don't want to be out there with everyone else yes for mother's yeah day. definitely go check it out happy it early mother's day mom if you're watching <laughs> happy mother's day to you mom uh but i know you are so happy mother's day <laughs> as far as what i've been playing um i just beat this game called fail seal arbiter's mark uh developed by six eyes six eyes studio uh, published by IC Publishing EU. It's described as a, 
a story-driven turn-based tactical RPG set in a fantasy world with a touch of steampunk. You take control of the Arbiter Kyrie, an agent of the Immortal Council tasked with preserving stability and order throughout the land and lead your troops through difficult encounters now it's got a pretty cool storyline you actually travel through this game you collect party members you've got to go stop this council of immortals that are trying to seal back this demon and someone's trying to like release it and and there's like this coup to take out all the other immortals is this that one you showed me where you had like your players own names and you made like yeah yeah and okay. so story aside the customization in this game is absolutely um fantastic so there is um, 32 classes in this game, so and you can make any character any class you want. So even the main characters, you can mix and match. So And you need to play certain classes a certain amount of times to unlock the next class. So like if you're playing the ranger, you got to get a certain amount of classes in the ranger before you can unlock the gunner and things like that. But uh, you can't change any of their looks, but what you can do is you can go to the guild and you can actually recruit characters. And from there, you can actually make their own picture. You can you can change their hair, you can change their face, you can there change their color palette. a ton of from what you yeah, showed me. Yeah. It, it was really really dope, and um, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm I'm always looking for like a new tactical style RPG to play, and um, this one was extremely well done. So if you guys, it's not expensive either. I think it's like a twenty dollar game. So if you are looking for a tactile RPG. I would say check that out. And I'm also just starting Ghostwire Tokyo. I won't get into that right now. I'm only like two hours in. So hopefully by the time we do our next episode, I'll have a lot more to say on that. So uh, that's about everything I've been up to as far as watching and playing, guys. Leave what you've been watching and playing down below and let us know. And we, maybe we can get some new ideas. So Yeah, leave me a recommendation because I still I, – I didn't even do like House of the Dead yet. Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of just in that lull of like – I don't know if I really want to commit to anything. So I've just been playing like a ton of Call of Duty. Hey, nothing wrong with the uh, sticking to what you know. So let's move into our main story, guys. And that is that uh, Square Enix is unleashing some of its Western studios. So uh, I, the article we're going to tackle from is going to be from IGN. So the link will be in the description down below. And it starts saying, The Embracer Group enters agreement to acquire Eidos, Crystal Dynamics, and Square Enix Montreal for $300 million. Embracer would gain such IP as Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy uh, of Kane, and more, which is really cool to see Legacy of Kane uh, being talked about again. Um, it starts off saying, The Embracer Group has entered into an agreement to acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, wait, did I say that right? Yeah, and a catalog of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and 50 back catalog games from the Square Enix Holdings for $300 million. Embracer shared the news in a press release saying this acquisition includes roughly 1,100 employees across three studios and eight global locations. The deal, if it goes through, is expected to close during Q2 of Embracer's financial year of 2022-2023. Now, it goes on to say, once this deal goes through, Embracer will have more than 14,000 employees, 10,000 game developers, and 124 internal studios. It is also confirmed it has more than 230 games in development at those studios and more than 30 are AAA titles. This news comes shortly after Crystal Dynamics announced it was developing a brand new Tomb Raider game on Unreal Engine 5. No further details were given, but the team did say it was planning to push the envelope of fidelity. Now, a lot of people were, um, and one of the things they were kind of saying was that they want to, there's a couple different things. They want to drop some of their western studios to kind of go back and focus more on their japanese and eastern studios maybe they're getting ready for a purchase by somebody um there's big talks about them trying to dive more into nfts and doing the blockchain and things like that but a little after that 
we found out that they're not letting go of all their Western titles. So I do want to point this out, and this comes from BG247. It says, um, yesterday we heard the landmark news that Square Enix agreed to the sale of Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, yada yada. Uh, the company, which has been on something of a purchasing spree lately, has agreed to acquire three of Square Enix's Western studios uh, alongside a suite of IP that once belonged to Square Enix. But Square isn't so keen to uh, offload all of its Western IP just yet. A press release from the Japanese publisher has confirmed that the company will retain the rights to The Just Cause, Life is Strange, and Outriders. Furthermore, the indie-focused Square Enix Collective will remain under the parent company and will continue to operate. Going forward, the company's development function will compromise uh, its studios in Japan, Square Enix External Studios, and Square Enix Collective, said the publisher. The company's overseas studios will continue to publish franchises such as Just Cause, Outriders, and Life is Strange. So that is kind of a lot to take in and, and just kind of absorb. Andrew and I did um, an episode a while back where we kind of dove into more about Embracer. I think they were just acquiring like THQ Nordic or something like that. So um, I don't know, what were your initial thoughts? You're seeing them buy this pretty popular IP kind of out of nowhere. I mean, where do you think they're lying? Do you think they're getting purchased? They just want to offload Western stuff and get back to like their Eastern roots? What are you thinking? I wonder what the negotiations were for that because how does a group like that versus like Sony or Microsoft not pick up an IP like Tomb Raider? Even though it's not what it once was, when it did come back, it was really good. I think the problem is, especially with some of these studios that they're offloading, is that they... I don't want to say it's not a direct one-to-one -one comparison, but it's almost like what EA did with Visceral and Dead Space is that they took some of these games, especially like Tomb Raider, and they're comparing them to Call of Duty and let's make this huge over-the-top budget and marketing and all this stuff, and then we'll make our money back just like Call of Duty does, which is completely unrealistic. And then when it doesn't, oh, the game's a failure. It, it missed to reach the mark. It only sold 13 million copies instead of the 40 million we were hoping for. And it's like, that's setting a very unrealistic expectation. And I remember the talks about that time, too, because I think even 2 and 3, even though 2 was better than 3, were being talked about as, oh, it didn't meet its mark. It's considered a failure because it only sold like 15 million, not 20 million. And 15 million is a respectable number, especially for something that's coming back from the dead like Tomb Raider so I almost feel like maybe that was the bigger problem with these is like again like I said with Dead Space and we no longer have Dead Space is they put in that over the top crazy budget and try to do everything to make it more like let's get a return like Call of Duty and that's not what kind of games those are yeah I'm I'm super confused about it because um, one of the biggest thing is just that price 300 million because I'm with you on that they, they, they call these games like failures they didn't meet their mark but it's like they made they made money like 300 million to me is odd because tomb raider is a it makes more than that by itself and um let me see what i was looking at right here so this article again this is from ign uh says following embracer group's agreement to purchase idos montreal square enix montreal and crystal dynamics from Square Enix, the company shared a timeline of the Tomb Raider franchise. According to the timeline, Tomb Raider has sold 88 million units since its inception in 1996, with 38 million of the lifetime sales coming from the reboot trilogy alone, which includes Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and then another 53 million paid mobile downloads for entries such as Lara Croft, Relic Run, and Lara Croft Go. 38 million copies of a game, even if you don't sell them at 60 bucks, 
I, people were doing the math. Like, even if they were selling them for thirty dollars, it's still over a billion dollars. So it's like, right? What are you for se- three games? What are you selling? Yeah, I don't know why two minute a two minute alone sounds like it could have been it could have been sold, selling for six hundred million dollars. And right. especially after <clears throat> Avengers took a big hit, Avengers I think once they put the number out there, is I feel like that lost, was their big lost two hundred million. So it's like, are you just offloading all of this because it's a quick way to make the loss of the two hundred million that you just did? But it's I'm under the impression where I think. It could have sold for a lot more. Does the number strike you as weird? Uh, that especially number, with how successful Tomb Raider's been alone. That number does, especially too when there's other games that have caused some problems. I think as well as like Outriders has done, they put out something saying that they still haven't made their money back on Outriders and they didn't get rid of that. But more so, I yeah, think they, keeping life is strange, just cause. I think they said with just the Marvel license in general, they lost like two hundred million dollars on that. And that is mostly due to Avengers tanking. And again, that has nothing to do with the IP. That game came out and was trash. Didn't run good. Tons and tons of problems. And word of mouth, I, I don't know what they were thinking by releasing that. Versus, I guess, just holding on to that. And that alone affected Guardians of the Galaxy. And Guardians of the Galaxy was actually a great game. Again, that, but they considered another failure. That they considered another failure. And that game... I think had sold good numbers but didn't reach what they thought it would and maybe it would have reached more had people again not coming off of we weren't even worried about it like okay how good can this be especially after Avengers came out we're only buying it just again because we're a channel that we have to do it and when we did get it we were pleasantly pleasantly surprised by how good it was Mm -hmm. and um, yeah because I was kind of thinking I'm like okay maybe maybe I'm just overthinking like how much game IP is in these three studios. You know, I'm thinking, okay, well, 300 million sounds really low, but if you take Tomb Raider out, uh, one of the things I kind of wanted to look at was just, okay, well, what, what are they actually going to be getting? Because um, Embracer Group at this point um, has a bunch of people under their umbrella. Amplifier, Game Invest, Amcity, Coffee Stain Holding, Dark Horse Media, Deca Games, Easy Brain, Gearbox Entertainment, Coke Media, Saber Interactive, and THQ Nordic. Now, which... Underneath all of the, so those, all these subsidiaries, they got a ton of different IPs. So I was like, okay, well, what are they going to be getting with Eidos? And it's actually not much. When you look at what they've been developing from 2011 to 2021, really all they've done is Deus Ex, which I know a lot of people love. Yeah. I've played that game. It's not my favorite, but I know a lot of people like that. And they did Shadow of the Tomb Raider in 2018, and they just did Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. So, okay, I get it. That, that That's some good games, but... One of I, those was nominated for Game of the Year and won Best Story of the Year. Definitely, yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, okay, so let's see what Crystal Dynamics is doing. Crystal Dynamics is known best for the Tomb Raider series. It's the, a Gex series, which nobody's played that in years. And then Legacy of Kane, which I know everyone has been dying to get back, but... If you, if you look back at the last few games they've been doing, it's still mainly the Tomb Raiders, Marvel Avengers, and now what we're kind of confused about is what's going to happen with the perfect dark game that's already in development and Tomb Raider, but... Well, that's under Microsoft. But. Right, but it's like, okay, so you're getting you're getting really just uh, Deus Ex so far, Tomb Raider, and then even going over to um, Square Enix Montreal, which they're saying is gonna the name's going to change once the deal goes through, you're getting a bunch of mobile stuff like Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go, Deus Ex Go... And so I'm looking they at this, make money. I kind of had to rethink about it. I'm like, oh, they're not, I guess they're not getting that much IP, a couple of big ones, a couple yeah. of really, really big ones, but a lot of stuff that, I mean, maybe it is just time to let it go and they want to focus on more of their, their Final Fantasy and those Eastern titles. So once I started looking at all the game developed and the IP they're going to be getting, I'm like, okay, I could see why I guess they'd want to offload it. It's just weird that 
it's out of nowhere. And like you were saying, why do Embracer Group? For $300 million, you told me Xbox, Microsoft didn't come in and go, oh, we can get Tomb Raider to be on Game Pass? We can get Deus Ex to be on Game Pass if we buy this? And then keep we making can, them? We, yeah. And keep making them? We can build up our, 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 um, our Android and our mobile device phones? It's like, so... I'm curious why Embracer got, I don't want to say dibs on it, but like 300 million seems like a big steal for these properties. I guess now that I kind of think about it too in a little bit of a way, Sony already has Uncharted, which is Tomb Raider, and then now Microsoft, if it's going to be exclusive, we don't fully know yet, also has Indiana Jones, which would be just like Uncharted and just like Tomb Raider as well too. So why do you need a second of right. that game to, now that it's occurred to me the same way they have Outer Worlds and now they have Starfield, we don't know how similar those are, but Tomb Raider and Indiana Jones, I can imagine being a lot more similar than not... Uh, we would be remiss, again, like Craig said earlier, that there is rumors that they were just offloading some of their other, I guess, for lack of a better term, baggage, so they could streamline their studios to be able to sell to somebody. And that just came from a tweet from Jeff Grubb, who's like a big game guy. But he just said that that's just a rumor of something he's hearing, is that it might possibly get purchased to Sony, which, I mean, Square Enix and them have always had a relationship, but Microsoft has kind of had... A good one with them too especially with all the games coming to game pass and everything so who knows again it is just rumor so i know there has been lots of sites out there saying a oh, report or whatever yeah, and it's I've been like reading a lot of that. no no it's just from a tweet so take that with a grain of salt for what it is and jeff grubb even says that himself like this is just something i've maybe been hearing but take it for a grain of salt because plans change talks fall through it happens all the time yeah i i, I kind of passed that one off I, I think a lot of people were speculating that yes yeah, sony's gonna come now and now but it's like if for 300 million, if it was I would hate for that. Yeah, why not just buy all of it? But I think they are going to just kind of buckle down and focus on what back to their roots, stick to their Eastern titles and their Eastern studios. I but would like that. I, and I, a lot of people are kind of like, oh, you know, why didn't Microsoft buy it? Why didn't Sony? But it's like, I kind of like, and a lot of people are either, if you're in the gaming industry, you know about Embracer. We've known about Embracer for a while. But a lot of people, this is the first time they're hearing it. And I kind of like that there's this group. Now, I mean, we can talk about this monopoly thing. Why does Xbox and Microsoft get looked at when they buy big purchases and get companies? But you look at Embracer and all the stuff they have and no one's ever gave them a second look. But I do like that there's kind of this big group that has all these IPs that now we know are going to always be cross-platform. You know what I mean? It's, right. ne it's never going to be gatekeep behind a certain console. It's going to be this big entity that kind of can continue to put a ton of games out across multiple platforms and one of the things they said is that we're really into being like a hands-off studio we, we, once they get absorbed it's like keep doing your thing keep building it it's just now you have more resources so i'm not opposed at all to embracer group kind of picking up this um buy and and read because i've been dying to get a legacy of kane game right and that's what it takes for square enix to drop it so that now another place has you know the time and, and the willingness to actually build a game like that i actually like it it's just I don't know. I just feel like we're in that age of every month or two where we just keep hearing this thing's getting bought, this thing's getting bought. And it only seems like there's six players that can even absorb these kind of things. I think, yeah, that is a big worry is just the gaming consolidation. Like, I wouldn't want Sony or Microsoft, for that matter, to pick up Square Enix because, again, then it's just all locked under one platform. And then that continues that, okay, well, if you buy this, then I'm going to buy that in the future. And then since you bought that, I'm going to buy this. So, I mean, having someone who's dedicated to, hopefully dedicated to multi-plat, can maybe do something with these because don't forget that Conquer died so that Gex could live, and we need a new Gex game. Dude, I'd be that'd be awesome to see Gex. I'm definitely looking for Legacy of Kane, and uh, um, I don't know. Was there anything from them you're looking to, to to redo at all, or is it just kind of like okay, 
it's it's done. Square it's just no longer under Square Enix. It's done, and I again I make a joke about it, but <clears throat> I kind of would like to see a new Gex game because I feel like Gex always kind of had that vibe of like conquer and we don't have a conquer or anything else like that that okay i feel like you could do something small it doesn't have to be this huge like triple a budget or something something small that okay cool i could be down to then play you could, that like a special agent like a 007 wasn't Gex wearing like the tux and like the shades yeah and then there's like a human chick that like he's with <laughs> yeah. and stuff too so that's why i'm like okay it's kind of along that same like jokey line that you know crash bandicoot and spyro did well when they came back like let's try something different yeah so um i don't know i don't have much more to say about that i'm sure over the next um, couple months, anything that comes out, we'll probably report on that. So yeah, we'll see. So leave your thoughts down below, guys, of uh, what you think Square Enix was doing unleash unleashing these studios, or uh, and your thoughts on Embracer picking them up. So um, our next story, guys, is that uh, the Halo Season Two Lone Wolves is officially out. Um, it's not doing great for everyone. It's got its issues. It's got some bugs, but a lot of some people, a lot of people are having fun with it. But a lot of people are still kind of mad about the same issues that that it that it was having Blake last game, season yeah. and it shouldn't be in this one so if you aren't familiar with it it did drop may 3rd 2022 and this is just kind of what this season is going to be incorporated it's got a new 100 tier battle pass with up to 180 rewards two new multiplayer maps arena catalyst big team battle breaker new multiplayer game modes and playlists last spartan standing king of the hill new ro rotating playlist and attrition, endless weapon drills, and now are now available in the academy, and a couple of other things that kind of more are on the playing side. But uh, I don't know. It's came out so far, but the big thing that everyone's kind of hating on is um, is the last Spartan standing. So here are a few of the changes that happened in the in this uh, season, and then we'll kind of point them out and tell me if you've even experienced any of these. So uh, this article is from Kotaku, and it goes. Uh, for one thing, challenges related to Last Spartan Standing weren't tracking properly. Even though the game says you can leave matches preemptively without risking progress toward active challenges, some players reported their accounts failing to reflect any progression. And we'll dive into that in a second more when we talk about Last Spartan Standing. Uh, many of the traversal techniques popular among high-level players were removed from the game. Though this, was, though this was telegraphed in the patch notes, the severity of the cuts was unexpected. The update also removed several Halo Infinite speedrunning exploits, including the option to pilot a Pelican dropship or to equip an unlimited ammo tank gun. So that's from the campaign, yeah. right? Yeah. And on top of it all, following the patch, some guns are now uh, now jam up without warning. And the studio has said that they are going to get that fixed. So um, before we dive into like the new modes and stuff, um, is it it's is it unacceptable that se it's all it is is season two, an update of the thing, adding a couple modes that they should have been working on. Is coming out with bugs again and messed up modes and jamming guns? <clears throat> the jamming guns by far is the biggest thing. I actually haven't experienced that, so I don't really know what that means. I've heard about yeah, it. Yeah, all I've done is I, have, so. I, have, I haven't seen it and I haven't seen any videos of it, so I don't know what that looks like and how that pertains. I think that that is the biggest. The rest of those are ki kind of gripes, except for the pro jumps. I do feel that that is pretty annoying, and I don't know why you would take that out of a game. Because, again, that's just something skilled players do. But I don't feel like that's ever really given them a big advantage over people that aren't good at the game. You know, being able to make a jump. Because it's not like you can get into a spot where nobody else could get, and now you're just in that peak, and you're just annihilating everybody. It's like, okay, maybe this dude's camping on a tower. You used to be able to jump here and then jump to there if you were good enough to get up there. But there's also still the way, uh, more than one way around to get up there or toss grenades up there to where it's not like you could just sit up there and massacre everybody on the map or anything. So I do feel that that is a penalty. 
against just people who are good at the game. I don't know which ones they took out because I haven't really played it and tried any of those yet. I'd have to look at the list. But even still, it, it serves no purpose, I don't think. Yeah, I'm not sure why they would do that. Because, again, all you're going to get is your, your best players mad at you and not play anymore. So it's like, why are you going to keep the players that are actually still playing the game and, and take something away from them? As far as, I think the last Spartan Standing thing has kind of been addressed. So the way the mode works is that it's this game where you you have to keep getting kills and you have to keep building up your your kill list you can uh, upgrade your weapons and things like that and it's it ties in with the challenges get 20 headshots with a in last part and standing get three back slabs so but once you die because you only get five lives once you die the game keeps going until there's last part and standing so what the game says is you have an option that you can actually back out with no penalty and all your progress will move over what was happening is people were backing out and then starting a new game and none of their progress was going what they weren't realizing is that once they were backing out, if that game still had four minutes left, the progress doesn't kick in. You have to wait yeah, until the so game's over. I saw that as well. People were like crying about this. And I understand, you know, if you were like, oh man, I just played three games, none of it happened. But all they had to do was wait, and then eventually it was keeping up. But um, let's dive into the games a little bit. How do you like Last Spartan Standing? Because uh, I actually do. That's more your style of game, right? It's a, it's a Battle Royale light. Yeah, I actually really do like it. At first, I thought I wasn't going to, and I haven't played Halo because I again Elden Ring and everything else. I haven't played Halo like seriously in like two months. That when I played it, I I think I came in second like a couple of the games that I was playing because I was already you know just kind of picking it up, getting back into it. I really like it a lot. I like the confrontation again. I know for some people, if you're not into a battle royale, this definitely is not going to be for you. I really enjoy it a lot. I do have, like, some complaints as far as, like, why is there only one map and some other things as far as the season pass. We'll get to it after we talk about that and this as a whole. But I like the game mode overall so far, especially, too. It does have the annoying, and I get this, that you're fighting somebody, you'll kill them, and then someone else will show up and then kill you, and that is really annoying. But that is Battle Royales. It happens to me in Call of Duty. It happens in Fortnite. It happens in PUBG. People are attracted to the sound of gunfire, and that's just something you have to keep in your mind. So if you're not used to that, then you know this is going to be a shocker for you. Yeah, my biggest thing is um, I, I it's fine. I just don't love it. And not, not that I, I hate it because other people are like, oh, this mode sucks. I'm not saying it sucks. It's just... I, it's it's kind of slow for me, and it's really it's more hide and seeky because you you're trying to be the last part in standing, so um, you're kind of waiting around. I, there's so many people I just see camping, waiting for people to go by. That is annoying, and I I don't love that. And unless I unless I'm not doing it right, I don't like the way the gun upgrade works. Like once you level up, like so when you start off with the disruptor and the pistol which i like the pistol on this but once you upgrade it it goes straight to the mangler but it gets rid of your pistol like you can't choose which gun for it to get rid of oh because it, i thought you could i thought you could go to the disruptor and it would change it but it keeps getting rid of my pistol i'm like why would i want to get rid of the pistol you know what i mean versus the disruptor because then it'd be a little unfair like because then you have a good long range and then a smash well I, that's what i'm saying i don't range, i don't so. even upgrade anymore until i get to the third level and then i just go straight to the, to the ar the ar so um, what I do like, though, is that it has the drops on it. So if you do want to go, because you don't start off with anything. There's no grenades and there's no equipment. So if you do want to go get something, you do got to explore. You can't really just camp. And then the power drops and you can get, like, the invisibility and you can get the armor and things like that. I feel so, like that shield lasts a little too long. That shield lasts forever. And it's just, for me, it's like I'm getting back in the Halo to multiplay with people. And this just completely, and I get the theme, Lone Wolves. And I get that it's that that's the concept of it. But for me, it's like, fuck, I don't want to do... 
30 I don't want to play 30 matches by yourself to, well even the challenges are all and that's what a lot of people are upset about is like there's no versatility to it I don't know what you were saying on yours but mine was like get 25 headshots get three back smacks get beat 10 downs. headshots get beat downs like that's all you and that's all you have to do and 25 headshots in a in a game mode that you have to progressively try to upgrade your guns to get something that can even do headshots I thought I thought was needed a little tweaking I'll piggyback on top of that. This is something that I had kind of wanted to talk about is that, again, when you do play these games, you're wanting to play with your friends that I think you easily could have either made the map a little bit bigger or kept it as it is because that would make it more chaotic because there's 12 people in a game. Make it six teams of two. That would be a lot funner for me to jump in and pick up something with you or with Gino or someone else, and then you could do that collective like team XP or something like that some sort of way to make it so that way you're playing with a friend because I felt like that was the thing it's like this is fun and I'm having a lot of fun but I have more fun in battle royales or these type of game modes when I'm playing with somebody else I'm not wanting to jump on here and just sit here by myself yeah. all day that's not why I got this and that's not why I play this game so I have far more fun in playing like king of the hill or something else than this so I felt like that's what's lacking from this is that or team doubles like why is there no team doubles because I hate too sometimes when it's just me and Gino you and me on me and Dante and then I have to play with two other people that I don't want to play with like why can't I just do multi-team like that's a tried and true game mode that's been in like every Halo why is that not here yeah uh, I'm with you I, I, I get that they wanted to add in a bunch of this FFA stuff but for me it's the most it's the biggest thing I don't want to do when I see it on a challenge. Like, right. when it's like get cumulative FFA <coughs> five thousand. It's like okay, now I have to stop playing with somebody, get into my own party, do do these things. You're so, breaking up the flow. Yeah, for me, I don't know if this is. I, I mean, I get that they have to, but like, let's move into the next one because I had so much more fun playing King of the Hill. King right. of the Hill is such a good mode to Always add back into this. I wish the season kind of revolved more around things like this, adding more of these quick play games in because. Dude, we were smashing people, and I like it because Catalyst is now in the mix for King of the Hill, and I was I was even playing Catalyst on with Fiesta and things like that. But um, it's just a good game of running around. It's like uh, if you played any of the old Halos, you remember King of the Hill, but um, running to these different spots, holding it down with the team, fast paced. I mean, it's three different spots that you have to collect to win the game. Like I just like quick paced, fast multiplayer, and for right. me, this outshined it way more than I like um, Last Part Standing. No, I actually really liked it. And that, uh, I mean, speaking of maps, I think that's my biggest gripe kind of about this too, is why are there no more maps? Why is it just two maps? You've had whatever on a season. I don't understand why they couldn't just take, uh, like you were saying, just to get more into the flow of playing with people so you have more variety. Why you couldn't just take five old maps at a time that are tried and true and put them in? Why are those not being peppered in? Even two. So that way you would have had, okay, here's our two brand new maps. Here's our two old maps. Here's two brand new maps. Here's three old maps that we're going to put in. That would make me feel like, okay, cool. Now I'm getting more variety. Now I'm getting more variety with these game modes. Because King of the Hill, yeah, it's it's fun. It's insanely fun. And it's I definitely have more fun with that because I'm playing with other people than with the solos. But again, that's only going to go how far before I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm tired of playing yeah. this map. But and that's just us speaking. I mean, our buddy Corey, he jumps on. He was having a blast playing Last Spartan Standing. He's been getting a bunch of first places. So the, this mode is for is for people. I mean, again, I've had fun playing it. It's just like I want to go play it with someone else because you know, I want to go play a game mode with someone else. So for me, King of the Hill kind of was what I liked. And then they threw in the Rumble Pit, which was a, a new combination. If you're into just the free-for-alls, that kind of bundles them all up. You right. can jump in that mix and get uh, tossed in a bunch of FFA games. So... Uh, with those modes out of the way, 
overall, how do you like the new Battle Pass? Because a lot of people are complaining that, again, not enough cosmetics, nothing good to be in it. So I was looking at it. I thought it was pretty decent. I like that new, pretty early on, you can get that kill mode where once you... Uh, kill someone that does the wolf, yeah, does or the whatever. wolf power. Yeah. And at the end, you kind of get these cool-looking wolf um, yeah, shoulder those pads are pretty and stuff. Cool. So, I mean, I- I'll take it, and I'm going to play it. But, uh, I mean, again, it does nothing. I mean, I'm not complaining about any of it. I think the big thing I wish it would change, and I think what would make people a little bit happier, is drop the bullshit with, okay, you unlock the left shoulder pad at this level, you unlock the right shoulder. Just unlock the shoulder pads, and then let me put it only on the left, only on the right, or let me put it on both. And then down the road, you could put another set. How hard is it to create some ugly-ass other, like, little shoulder? you got plenty of other ugly shit in there. Put another stupid-looking shoulder pad or something instead of just left, right, and then, like, both or whatever. How <laughs> However they do it. I hate that, and I think that's the most annoying thing, and I think that that is a valid gripe especially because you hear it out of a lot of people the only thing i like that they changed on the past that i was showing to craig here that they didn't do in season one is they took a page out of call of duty's book and they put in those the gp i forget what it stands for in the game but that's the points that you can use to buy like cosmetics or other things so those are now in the battle pass you can unlock enough of that if you complete the battle pass to buy the next season's battle pass like what i do with call of duty or if i want to i can unlock enough and then i could just spend it on like a skin or something you know whatever else it is that i want to do i like that now you can get that in-game currency in the past call of duty does that and i think they did five or six seasons, rebooted it, and now we're on like season three, so it's like nine seasons. I only bought the battle pass on season two, and I've been using the points to buy the rest of these seasons. So I've essentially gotten seven seasons for free, for free. Yeah. So I mean, um, season two's out. I mean, play it if you if you if you're interested in it. I'm having fun with it. I'll be back on. Yeah. I oh, I can't wait to see you back on because I I've only since it's been out, I've only been able to get a handful of games in, so I haven't really been able to dive into it and actually give it like a full like week's worth of playtime. It's only been like two days. So um, more to come on it. But uh, I know some people are having issues that uh, the, well, did you see that there was a guy that was already done with battle pass already? And it, no. was, it was mainly because now I don't know if you could do it in the last one, but now you can just buy levels and you can consistently just buy the next level. So if you're 83, so they're like, how much money did you spend to max it out? Because there's, I don't think there's any way possible you could have played enough by now to even get because no you can way. you can buy the bundle when you first get the season pass. You need to pay the thousand to start, or you can pay it's like twenty five bucks and it starts you at level twenty five. Even doing that, I don't think there's a way you could have done it. So this guy is already done, and he had to have just bought it all. Call of Duty does the same thing too, to where like you can go out and it says push X if you want to buy these, and it'll tell you how much it is to buy from A to B. So you could outright buy the whole bundle. They also have done that same thing too, where you can buy the base bundle or you could buy it and we'll start you off at like level 25 or something mm. but call of duty does do that same thing. i don't think you could do that on the last battle pass so again that's another thing they took from call of duty and i've been fine with call of duty's battle pass because i think i'm already like halfway through it i mean that you unlock way faster than halo's but I, I, halo gives you a shit ton of time versus call of duty i think it's only like a month or two yeah so um by the time next week comes around when we talk about what we've been playing i'm sure halo will be something we can talk about a little more in depth just so we can have more tam- no more time and hands on it so uh we are running a bit long so we'll do something a little unorthodox we're gonna skip the riffs but i'm gonna put the riffs in the side reel so if you do kind of want to check out our our riffs it'll be the side reel now we can that keep the stories good. in it so we're gonna move to a uh, question of the week let me pull it up here and that comes from uh, Kelly Heston, and she writes, uh, "Would you okay? Who would you pick as your starter Pokemon? 
Paris, grass, horsey, water, ponyta, fire. Um, okay, I like it because it still sticks with the three. And did you notice that uh, I believe they're all just two evolutions. They're not three pieces. Yeah. So without being the power of the original three, do you still stick with like a fire? Who do you, who do you, who are you liking out of that list? I still always go fire or water. And I actually am a huge fan of horsey for some reason. So I think I'd go horsey as much as like Rapidash, horsey. Oh, you know, oh, no, horsey no. has three yeah, now. Because, or Cedra, no, it's a Kingdra. separate one. Can't, can't you go, isn't it Cedra or Kingdra? I don't remember. I thought I, that it was, was I one think we're thinking it, it was at the same time, yeah. But I, if we're just counting two originals, then it was Horsey to Cedra. But I would go Horsey. I think I might do Paris on this one, just because if... I've I, always loved Paris. I would go look for a different fire one than Ponyta. Um, I would tra- if, I'm, if I'm not doing starters, I'd go get my Golduck for my water, and Paris, I thought, was always like... Because once it gets in the Parasect, it's so big and badass looking. And I just like having a strong grass guy to have all those status effects. So um, I'd probably go out of that particular list. I'd probably go Paris. I think I'd go Horsey because usually I think in most Pokemon games, I think it's harder to find a good starting water Pokemon. Whereas you will run into, you know, fire to get you by, grass, you know, there's a million of them. Nice. So uh, that is the uh, final question. I like that. I wish they would kind of like mix up the starters with, you know, some yeah. like low key people that aren't just OP that I'm going to keep the whole game, or I could if I wanted to. I would enjoy that as well. Or just make them completely different elements. So uh, if you guys do want to leave a question, leave it down in the comments down below, and we will add it to the episode and answer it for you. But that is the end of this episode, guys. Join us next time for episode 132. And until next time, guys, my name is Craig Prowse. That is. Is Manja Montemare. Ooh. Cheersies. Cheers. So, if you've stuck around because this episode was going a little long, we decided to kind of rush through our kind of quick riffs just to shorten this video and we're not harping along too much, taking up too much of your time. So, thank you if you stuck around. My riff was actually that Kotaku put out an article and there was other people put out articles and that was that Activision was blaming disappointing Vanguard sales on the World War II setting and the lack of innovation on the game and I think that that is the furthest thing from the truth the game, oh, really? the game launched <laughs> and it was broken there's tons of skins that made people completely invisible on the map it didn't run right even when you were playing stuff like the campaign the voice would desync from everything when I was playing it would crash all the time so the game just ran like shit and it wasn't good i think if they really buckle down and just made a good game like i always point back to modern warfare's 2019 which was absolutely rock solid then you would have something that people would want to play i think the other reason maybe kind of is this is around the time that they got caught up in those sexual harassment stories and all that bobby kotick stuff really kind of started to come out that a lot of people probably stuck to their guns and chose not to buy an activision product yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, because I, I didn't know what you were gonna say on it. I, I was kind of barely catching up on the article, but uh, yeah, if, well, because P- Call of Duty is a day one buyer anyway. Everyone that's gonna buy it, it gonna did buy still it, sell know? well. It still is like the number one selling game. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, now that I'm, uh, I, I could see why they would say that if the last game was a bad taste in someone's mouth. Maybe it does not pour over the next one for them. But yeah, I mean, to to blame it on that entirely is kind of odd. So, yours. Oh, mine is, um, I'm not an Overwatch player, but Overwatch 2 has lost 99% of its Twitch audience in a week, which when I was reading it, I'm like, dude, that's insane. 99% 
of your players. And um, the article that I was reading was stating that it actually set, um, it was Overwatch 2 absolutely shattered records with 1.5 million concurrent viewers on Twitch. So at one point, it was setting records for being probably, you know, the number one watch game with a, uh, with a huge uh, concurrent base. And then since then, at the time of the article, uh, the viewership went down from the peak of 1.5 million to 15,000, which is insane, dude. That is so many people that are just like have dropped it. And it's weird to see it because, um, you know, it's still going against games like Fortnite, CSGO, Valorant, League of Legends, Apex Legends, Warzone. The fact that Overwatch is kind of, I don't want to say fell from grace, but two clearly isn't the one that people want to seek. I don't know if they still support one, though, do they? They do. I've heard the big reason that people aren't watching two and crazy about two, and a lot of the streamers and people who played it early have said this, is that it's basically just a reskin of one. Mm. It's not even much new. And even when they're doing like the new players, it's not like from like a difference between Mortal Kombat 1 and like Mortal Kombat X, where the person's completely redesigned. You know, they usually they redesign like Sub-Zero and Scorpion, like everyone, but they keep their base stuff. Like, they'll have... I, I don't know some of their names, but there was, like, this ninja dude, and he's wearing, like, a jacket and, like, a backpack, and that's it. That's the only difference between him now and him from Overwatch 1. So, a lot of people are really upset to say, like, we're pay we're going to pay $60 for a reskin of the same game, and I'd be pissed, too. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks, because if you're not giving the players what they want, then you're not giving them a reason to stick around. But it's just, it blew my mind to see a 99% dip, which I don't think has ever probably happened before. I mean, I understand, oh, it dropped 40%, it dropped 20%. It dropped 99%, 1.5 million to just 15,000 people. Well, I'm sure that's why. Why would you? Why would I watch this game that's in beta or whatever, when I can go watch the OG one that's good, rock solid, right. and has everything we already need? Why even buy the new one? Yeah, so, uh, again, guys, just quick riffs that we want to bring to your attention. Thanks for making it to the end of the side row for us and again we'll see you next time see ya